I'm tired, both dead and alive, and losing my fucking mind. Besides that though, let's get straight into it. Hi, I'm Jay, and welcome to my podcast. Here on episode 4, part 2 of the Six Form Life, we're going to be continuing the first part of episode 4 with the whole LGBTQ history thing. Except in this episode, we're diving into the 60s onwards, which was a very fun and liberating time for the LGBTQ people, let me just state. So without further ado, let's just continue. So, grab yourself some snacks, drinks, make yourself comfy, make sure you've had enough sleep and done all your homework or your revision or whatever you need to do, because this is episode 4.2 of the Sixth One Live. So let's get into it. Continuing from where we left off, in 1965, conservatively dressed gays and lesbians were demonstrated outside the Independence Hall in Philadelphia on the 4th of July 1965, this being the first in a series of annual reminders that took place through 1969. Now, the annual reminders were a series of early pickets organised by LGBTQ organisations held yearly throughout 1965 to 1969. The reminders always took place on Independence Day and in the Independence Hall in Philadelphia, and these were among the earliest LGBTQ demonstrations in the US. The events themselves, however, were designed to inform and remind the American people that LGBTQ people did not enjoy basic civil rights and protections. In short, an annual reminder is where the LGBTQ people basically go into a hall and state, yeah, we're being treated differently from straight people and we're not here for it. Also in 1965, Vanguard, an organisation of LGBT youth in the low-income Tenderloin district, was created in 1965, considered to be the first gay liberation organisation in the US. In 1966 is when we start seeing a lot of stuff happen, so hold on to your seats. In 1966, the Mattachine Society stages a sip-in at Julius Bar in New York City, challenging a New York State Liquor Authority prohibiting serving alcohol to gays. The National Planning Conference of Homophile Organizations is established to become NACHO, North American Conference of Homophile Organizations, later that year. The Compton's Cafeteria Riot occurred in August 1966 by transgender women and Vanguard members in the Tenderloin District of San Francisco. The incident was one of the first recorded transgender riots in the United States history, preceding to the more famous 1969 Stonewall riots in New York City by three years, the Vanguard being founded to demonstrate for equal rights. Also in 1966, in January, the first lesbian to appear on the cover of the lesbian magazine, The Ladder, with her face showing, was Lily Vincennes. Also in 1966, a coalition of homosexual organisations organised demonstrations for Armed Forces Day to protest the exclusion of LGBT from the US armed services. The Los Angeles group holding a 15-car motorcade, which has been identified as the nation's first gay pride parade. The National Transsexual Counseling Unit is created in 1966, becoming the first transgender organisation ever in America as well as the world. Also within 1966, the Society of Individual Rights opened, America's first gay and lesbian community centre. In 1967, the Black Cat Tavern in the Silver Lake neighbourhood of Los Angeles is raided on New Year's Day by 12 plainclothes police officers who beat and arrested employees and patrons. For people that don't understand this, basically 12 police officers in non-uniform come to this tavern and are like, hey, we're going to beat up some people and arrested employees and people that were, you know, customers. Ouch much? I mean, heck, what did they do to you? Just because they have more variety in who they want to fuck or who they want to be with, depending on what labels they fall under or the ones they identify with. You get my point. This is kind of cool though, because straight after this, the raid then prompted a series of protests 
beginning on the 5th of January 1967, organised by PRIDE, the Personal Rights in Defence and Education, aka Pride. This is then the first time that people use the word Pride and that being associated with LGBTQ plus rights. In September of the same year, the Los Angeles Advocate, now known as just The Advocate, was first published. This being a local newsletter alerting gays to police raids in Los Angeles gay bars. So basically, this is like those really annoying notifications you could get on your phone, where it's like, you'll go to a different place and it'll give you a notification saying that this is a high-risk COVID zone. So basically, this is like an alarm, but for all the gay people. Which is nice, kind of. Carrying on though. Also in 1967, the Sexual Offences Act 1967 decriminalises homosexual acts between two men over 21 in private in England and Wales. Basically meaning that two men under 21 years of age can do anything homosexual in private and not get arrested for it. Annoyingly though, this act did not count to Scotland, Northern Ireland nor the Channel Islands, which is kind of annoying if you think about it. The first book, Homosexual Behaviour Among Males, by Wainwright Churchill breaks the ground as a scientific study approaching homosexuality as a fact of life and introduces the term homoerotophobia, a possible precursor to homophobia. Alongside this, in 1967, the Oscar Wilde Bookshop, the world's first homosexual-oriented bookstore, opened in New York City. And there's also another thing that happened in 1967, which I find quite interesting. So in 1967, the Student Homophile League at Columbia University is the first institutionally recognized gay student group in the United States. Now, if we rewind like a couple of hundred years to around the 1700s, you'll find out that King's College is Columbia University, or that's what it was called back then. Now, I find this interesting because if people know their history really well, or they just know their musicals, they will know that Alexander Hamilton went to King's College. There we go. And what I find also interesting is that there are lots of rumours about him being with Lafayette and John Lawrence. You get my point. I think I just find it nice that like the school is finally continuing their attributes from like years ago. It must be nice. It must be nice. Okay, I'm gonna stop with the little Hamilton things now. Moving on. Also in 1967, Grupo Nuestro Munda, in English, Our World Group, is formed in Greater Buenos Aires, the first gay rights organization in Argentina and Latin America. Also in the same year, The Homosexuals, a 1967 episode of documentary television series, CBS Reports, was the first network documentary dealing with the topic of homosexuality. Then going into 1969, buckle your seatbelts please. In 1969, the Stonewall Riots occur in New York City. Now to those who don't know, the Stonewall Riots were a series of spontaneous demonstrations by the members of the gay community in response to a police raid that began in the early morning hours of June 28, 1969 at the Stonewall Inn in the Greenwich Village of New York City. Patrons of the Stonewall, other village lesbian and gay bars, and the neighbourhood street people fought back when police became violent. Now, as was common for gay bars in the USA at the time, the Stonewall Inn was owned by the Mafia. While police raids on gay bars were routine in the 1960s, officers quickly lost control of their situation at the Stonewall Inn on June 28, 1969. Tensions between NYC police and gay residents of Greenwich Village erupted into more protests in the next evening and again several nights later. Within weeks, village residents organised into activist groups demanding the right to live openly regarding their sexual orientation and without fear of being arrested. The new activist organisations concentrated on confrontational tactics and within months, 
Three newspapers were established to promote rights for gay men and lesbians. A year after the uprising to mark the anniversary on June 28, 1970, the first gay pride marches took place in Chicago, LA, New York and San Francisco. Within a few years, gay rights organizations were founded across the US and the world. Today, LGBTQ plus pride events are held annually in June in honor of the Stonewall riots. Alongside this, in 1969, paragraph 175 is eased in West Germany, which was basically Hitler's little rule that stated that all homosexuals were criminals. Alongside this, the Bill C-150 is passed, decriminalizing homosexuality in Canada. Pierre Trudeau, the Prime Minister of Canada, is quoted as having said, the state has no place in bedrooms of the nation. Basically meaning that just because someone wants to do something with the same gender doesn't mean it's got anything to do with the law, which is quite nice. Alongside this, an Australian arm of the Daughters of Bilitis, who I have mentioned before, forms in Melbourne and is considered Australia's first homosexual rights organisation. Alongside this, the Gay Liberation Front is formed in America and it's the first gay organisation to use the word gay in its name. On the 31st of December 1969, the Cockettes performed for the first time at Palace Theatre on Union and Columbus in the North Beach neighbourhood of San Francisco. Now this is where we get into the 1970s part of things. In 1970, both the first Gay Liberation Day march and the first LGBTQ Pride Parade is held in New York. Alongside this, the first gay inn is held in San Francisco. Carl Whitman then writes a gay manifesto. Camp, the campaign against moral persecution, is formed in Australia. The Task Force on Gay Liberation, formed within the American Library Association, is happening. Then, now known as the GLBT Roundtable, this organization is the oldest LGBTQ professional organization in the United States. In November 1970, the first gay rights march occurs in the UK at Highbury Fields following the arrest of an activist from the Young Liberals for importuning. In 1971, the Campaign Against Moral Persecution, aka CAMP, is officially established on the 6th of February at the first public gathering of gay women and men in Australia, which takes place in a church hall in Balmain. Society 5, a homosexual rights organisation, is formed in Melbourne, Australia. Then alongside this, a couple of other countries that hadn't decriminalised homosexuality already are now doing it. Alongside some more states. Then we have Dr. Frank Kameny being the first openly gay candidate for the US Congress. Alongside the University of Michigan establishing the first collegiate LGBTQ plus programs office, then known as the Gay Advocates Office. The UK Gay Liberation Front, the GLF, was recognised as a political movement in the national press and was holding weekly meetings of 200 to 300 people. Alongside this, in 1971, George Clippert, the last man jailed for homosexuality in Canada, is released from prison. Then we have Ken Togo, who ran for national election in Japan. Also, during a UCLA conference called The Homosexual in America, Betty Burson became the first psychotherapist in the country to come out as gay to the public. Alongside this, Boys in the Sand was the first gay porn film to include credits to achieve crossover success to be reviewed by Variety and one of the earliest porn films after 1969's Blue Movie by Andy Warhol to gain mainstream credibility preceding 1972's Deep Throat by nearly a year. It was promoted with an advertising campaign unprecedented for a pornographic feature premiered in New York City in 1971 and immediately ended up being a critical commercial success. This is basically the 1970s version of Two Girls One Cup, if anyone knows what that is. Alongside all of this mess, the Alice B. Topless Democratic Club, founded in San Francisco in 1971, was the first gay democratic club in the United States. 
1972, Sweden becomes the first country in the world to allow transgender people to legally change their sex and provides free hormone therapy. In 1971, we also have Jim Foster as San Fran and Madeleine Davis in Buffalo, New York, being the first openly gay and lesbian delegates to the Democratic Convention, giving the first speech as advocating a gay rights plank in the Democratic Party platform. Stonewall Nation, the first gay anthem, is written and recorded by Madeleine Davis and is produced on a 45 RPM record by the Mattachine Society of the Niagara Frontier. Also in 1971, Lesbianism 101, the first lesbianism course in the US, is taught at the University of Buffalo by Margaret Small and Madeline Davis. Queens, New York school teacher Gian Manford marched with her gay son, gay rights activist Morty Manford, in New York's Christopher Street Liberation Day march. This was the origin of the straight ally movement and of P-Flag, originally parents of gays, then parents, families and friends of lesbians and gays, now simply just P-Flag. Then we have Nancy Weschler becoming the first openly gay or lesbian person in the political office of America. She was elected to the Ann Arbor City Council in 1972 as a member of the Human Rights Party and came out as a lesbian during her first and only term there. Also in 1972, Camille Mitchell becomes the first open lesbian to be awarded custody of her children in a divorce case, although the judge restricted the arrangement by precluding Mrs. Mitchell's lover from moving in with her own children. Freda Smith then becomes the first openly lesbian minister in the Metropolitan Community Church. She was also their first female minister. Then we have Beth Shaman Shalison being founded in 1972 as the first LGBTQ synagogue in the world and being the first LGBT synagogue recognised by the Uniform of Reformed Judaism. Also in this year, a Quaker group, the Committee of Friends of Bisexuality, issued the Ithaca Statement on Bisexuality, supported bisexuals. The statement, which may have been the first public declaration of the bisexual movement, and was certainly the first statement of bisexuality issued by an American Religious Assembly, appeared in the Quaker French Journal and the Advocate in 1972. Today, Quakers are varying opinions on LGBTQ plus people and rights, with some Quaker groups being more accepted than others. The first gay bar in San Francisco to have clear windows was Twin Peaks Tavern, which removed its blacked out windows in 1972. And I find it kind of cool because this is the first gay bar that was made without blacked out windows, basically saying to the world, hey, this is a bar full of gay people and we don't give a fuck what the police says. Then a weird thing happens at the end with Jack Frischter's book, Popular Witchcraft Straight From The Witch's Mouth, being the first book to investigate gay wicker and witchcraft being published. I know just as much as the next person. Break time, this is your intermission block. I repeat, this is your intermission block. Pause here if you want to replenish your drink and food stash. Also make yourself even more comfy than you were before. Possibly take a loo, finish some stuff off, and I'll see you in a bit. Now to the people who did actually pause and, you know, replenish their food and drink snack, took a loo, did whatever they needed to do. Hi, welcome back. And to the people who didn't, hi as well. Now, I'm going to see if we can try and get through this more quicker because I'm seeming to find that the 70s onwards have a lot of stuff that happened. But we'll see how we go. Let's get into it. On the 15th of October 1973, the Australian and New Zealand College of Psychiatry Federal Council declares homosexuality not an illness, the first such body in the world to do so. In December, the American Psychiatric Association removed homosexuality from its Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, based largely on the research and advocacy of Evelyn Hooker. This basically being the first time that, like, you know, 
people are figuring out that actually, you know, homosexuality isn't an illness and never was in the first place. First formal meeting of PFLAG took place on the 26th of March at the Metropolitan Duane Methodist Church in Greenwich Village, now the Church of the Village. Approximately 20 people attended, including founder Jean Manford, her husband Jules, son Morty, Dick, and Amy Ashworth, Metropolitan Community Church founder Reverie Troy Perry, and more. Lesbian Sally Miller Gearhart becomes the first open lesbian to obtain a tenor track faculty position when she was hired by the San Francisco State University, where she helped establish one of the first women in gender study programs in the country. Then, last but not least, in 1973, we have Lavender Country, an American country-based music band, released a self-titled album, which is the first known gay-themed album in country music history. Now, thank fuck, we're going into 1974. Let's just say there was a lot to read. In 1974, Chow allows a trans person to legally change her name and gender on the birth certificate after undergoing sex reassignment surgery, becoming the second country in the world to do so. Kathy Kosachenko becomes the first American openly gay to be elected to public office when she wins a seat on the Ann Arbor Michigan City Council. In New York City, Dr. Fritz Klein founds the Bisexual Forum, the first support group for the bisexual community. Elaine Noble becomes the second openly gay American to be elected to public office when she wins a seat in the Massachusetts State House. Inspired by Noble, Minnesota State Legislator Alan Spear comes out in a newspaper interview. Robert Grant founds American Christian cause to oppose the gay agenda, this ending up being the beginning of modern Christian politics in America. In London, the first openly LGBTQ telephone helpline opens, followed one year by the Brighton Lesbian and Gay Switchboard. Alongside all of this, in 1974, Angela Morley becomes the first openly transgender person to be nominated for an Academy Award. When she was nominated for one in the category of Best Music, Original Song Score, Adaptation for The Little Prince. A nomination shared with Alan J. Lerner, Frederick Lowy and Douglas Gamley. The world's first gay softball league was formed in San Francisco in 1974 as a community softball league, which eventually included both men and women's teams. The teams, usually sponsored by gay bars, competed against each other and against the San Francisco police softball team. Going into 1975, now 12 women become the first women in Japan to publicly identify as lesbians, publishing one issue of a magazine called Subaraji Onna, Wonderful Woman. Leonard Matlovich, a technical sergeant in the United States Air Force, becomes the first US gay service member to purposely out himself to fight their ban. UK journal Gay Left begins publication. Claire Rorix, a clerk in Boulder Country, Colorado, issues the first same-sex marriage licenses in the United States, issuing the very first of them to Dave McCord and Dave Zamora on the 26th of March 1975. Six same-sex marriages were performed as a result of her giving out licenses, but all of the marriages were overturned later that year. Alongside all of this, Maureen Colcorn becomes the first UK lesbian MP after coming out in 1975. She is the UK's first openly gay MP. Gay American Indians, the first gay American Indian liberation organization is found. Then we have 1976, where Robert Grant founds the Christian Voice to take his anti-homosexual rights crusade national in the United States. The Homosexual Law Reform Coalition and the Gay Teachers Group are started in Australia. The Australian Capital Territory decriminalizes homosexuality between consenting adults and private and equalizes the age of consent. Out Minnesota State Legislator Alan Spear is re-elected. Association of Homosexual Liberation was founded in Japan. Tom Gallagher becomes the first United States Foreign Service officer to come out as gay. 
Due to this reason, however, he quit the foreign services as he would have been unable to obtain a security clearance. Then at the end of this, Patricia Nell Warren's third novel, The Fancy Dancer, was the first bestseller to portray a gay priest and to explore gay life in a small town. Now we're in 1977. In 1977, Quebec becomes the first jurisdiction larger than a city or county in the world to prohibit discrimination based on sexual orientation in the public and private sectors. It's also in this year that the original eight-color version of the LGBTQ plus pride flag is made. In 1977, we also have Anne Holmes becoming the first openly lesbian minister ordained by the United Church of Christ alongside Ellen Barrett becoming the first openly lesbian priest ordained by the Episcopal Church in the United States, serving the Diocese of New York. In 1977, the first lesbian mystery novel in America was published, called Angel Dance by Mary F. Beale. In 1977, the National Center of Lesbian Rights was also founded. Also within 1977, Sam Fran hosts the world's first gay film festival in 1977. Peter Adair, Nancy Adair, and other members of the Mariposa film group premiered the groundbreaking documentary on Coming Out, World Is Out, Stories of Some of Our Lives, at the Castro Theatre in 1977. The film itself was the first feature-length documentary on gay identity by gay and lesbian filmmakers. Beth Shaman Shadassin became the first LGBTQ synagogue to own its own building. On the 26th of March 1977, Frank Kamey and a dozen other members of the gay and lesbian community under the leadership of the then National Gay Task Force, briefed then public liars in Midge Costanza on the much-needed charges in federal laws and polices. This was the first time that the gay rights were officially discussed at the White House. Now following into 1978. In 1978, in unfortunate news, San Francisco supervisor Harvey Milk and Mayor George Moscone are assassinated by former supervisor Dan White. The first Sydney gay and lesbian Mardi Gras is held, with 2,000 people attending and 53 subsequently arrested and some seriously beaten by police. It's also within this year that the rainbow flag is first used as a symbol of gay pride. Then we have Samoys, the earliest known lesbian feminist BDSM organisation, being founded in San Francisco. Well-known members of this group include Patrick Califia and Gail Rubin. The group is among the, the first, very earliest advocates of what came to be known as a sex-positive feminism. It's also in this year that the International Lesbian and Gay Association, the ILGA, is established. Then we have Robin Tyler, who becomes the first out lesbian on US national television, appearing on a Showtime comedy special hosted by Phyllis Diller. This is also the same year she released her comedy album, Always a Bridesmaid, Never a Groom. The first comedy album by an out lesbian. Good on her, you know, go boss. Then we have the San Francisco Lesbian and Gay Freedom Band, being founded by John Reed Sims in 1978 as the San Francisco Gay Freedom Marching Band and Twirling Corp. Upon its founding in 1978, it became the first openly gay musical group in the world. San Francisco then becomes the first city to have a recruitment drive for gay police officers, bringing in over 350 applications. Alongside new applicants, Alan Bennett becomes the first gay rabbi in the United States. Now finally, into 1979. In 1979, the first National Homosexual Rights March on Washington DC is held. The White Knight riots occur. Harry Hay issues the first call for a radical fairy gathering in Arizona and the Sisters of Perpetual Indulgence first appear in public on Easter Sunday in San Fran. The White Knight Riots were a series of violent events, sparked by the announcement of a lenient sentencing of Dan White for the assassinations of San Francisco Mayor George Moscone and of Harvey Milk, a member of the city's Board of Supervisors who was one of the first openly gay elected officials in the United States. The events took place on the night of May 21st, 1979, which in the next night would have been Milk's 49th birthday in San Francisco. 
Earlier that day, White had been convicted of a voluntary manslaughter, the lightest possible conviction for his actions. The problem being that White was not convicted of first-degree murder, in which he was originally charged, had so outraged the city's gay community that it set off the most violent reaction by gay Americans since the 1969 Stonewall riots in New York City, which is credited as being like the beginning of modern gay rights in the United States. Well, the beginning of it. Also going back to something that I had mentioned before, a radical fairy is basically a loosely affiliated worldwide network and counter-cultural movement seeking to redefine queer consciousness through secular spirituality. Kind of like paganism. Alongside this, in 1979, Esta Noche, a gay bar located at 3079 16th and Mission Street in San Fran, was the first gay Latino bar in San Francisco and first opened in 1979. Then we have something which I find absolutely hilarious. Basically, God knows how many Swedish people called in sick and basically said they had a case of being homosexual in protest of homosexuality being classified as an illness in Sweden. And basically, in response to this, an active occupation of the main office and national board of health and welfare came through, and within a few months, Sweden then becomes the first country in the world to remove homosexuality as an illness. And not gonna lie though, Japan's like doing really good, like throughout the whole 70s, like as of now, in 1979, the Japanese Gay Center was established in Japan. And just a sweet little nostalgic, wholesome thing to end 79, Grady Quinn and Randy Roll become the first known gay couple to attend a high school prom where they attended the Lincoln High School prom in Sioux Falls, South Dakota on 23rd of May. Now, thank fuck, we're finally in the 80s. Let's just hope that there's, you know, less to cover. So, starting with the United States Democratic Party becomes the first major political party in the US to endorse a homosexual rights platform plank in 1980. Also within 1980, the Human Rights Campaign Fund is founded by Steve Endine. The Human Rights Campaign is America's largest civil rights organization, working to achieve lesbian, gay, bisexual and transgender equality. Lionel Blue becomes the first rabbi to come out as gay in Britain. Becoming visible, the first black lesbian conference is held at the Women's Building from 17th to the 19th of October 1980. It had been credited as the first conference for African-American lesbian women. Then of course, ending with politics, in 1980, the Socialist Party USA nominates an openly gay man, David McReynolds, as its, and America's, first openly gay presidential candidate in 1980. In 1981, the Moral Majority starts its anti-homosexual crusade. Hong Kong's first sex change operation is performed. The first documentation of the condition to be known as AIDS was published by the US Center of Disease Control and Prevention, the CDC, on the 5th of June. In 1981, tennis player Billie Jean King becomes the first prominent professional athlete to come out as a lesbian, when her relationship with her secretary Marilyn Barnett became public in a 1981 May panamini lawsuit filed by Barnett. Due to this, she lost all of her endorsements. Within the same year, Mary C. Morgan becomes the first openly gay or lesbian judge in America, when she was appointed by Californian Governor Jerry Brown to the San Francisco Municipal Court. In the same year, Randy Schultz was hired as a national correspondent by the San Francisco Chronicle, becoming the first openly gay reporter with a gay beat in American mainstream press. A sergeant at the NYPD, Charles H. Cochrane Jr., came out as gay during the city council hearing, this making him the first NYPD department member to publicly announce his homosexuality. Now going into 1982. In 1982, Laguna Beach, California, elects the first openly gay mayor in the United States history. 
In the same year, the first Gay Games is held in San Fran, attracting 1,600 participants. Now to the people who don't know what the Gay Games are, the Gay Games is a worldwide sport and cultural event that promotes the acceptance of sexual diversity, featuring LGBT plus athletes, artists and any other individuals. It's also around this year when the condition to be known as AIDS has acquired a number of names. Here's some of them. Grid 5, Gay Related Immune Deficiency, in quotes, Gay Cancer, Community Acquired Immune Dysfunction, and probably one of the worst ones, Gay Compromise Syndrome. The CDC used the term AIDS for the first time in September of 1982, when it was reported that an average of one to two cases of AIDS were being diagnosed in America every day. Now, I don't know if it was in the first part of this episode or this, or this part, but there was a guy that I spoke about called Ken Togo, and uh, he's back again. In 1982, Ken Togo founds a Deracine party in Japan. Alongside this, in 1982, NYPD Sergeant Charles H. Cochrane Jr., and former Fairview, New Jersey Sergeant Sam Sissuni forms the first group targeted at the needs of gay members of the law enforcement, the Gay Officers Action Lead, aka Gold. In 1983, Massachusetts Representative Gary Studs reveals he is gay on the floor of the House, becoming the first openly gay member of Congress. Also within 1983, Jerry Falwell describes AIDS as the gay plague. Here we go again. BIPOL, the first and oldest bisexual political organization, is founded in San Francisco by bisexual activists Autumn Courtney, Lani Kanhomana, Arlene Krantz, David Lural, Bill Mack, Alan Rockway, and Maggie Rubenstein. Governor Jerry Brown also appoints Herb Donaldson as the first openly gay male municipal court judge in the state of California. David Scontrast becomes the first openly gay man officially elected to the Boston City Council. And Kitty Sui becomes the first known Chinese-American lesbian to publish a book called Words of a Woman Who Breathes Fire. Now we're going into 1984 and fuck me, there's a lot. In 1984, the Lesbian and Gay Association 10% Club is formed in Hong Kong. Massachusetts voters re-elect Representative Gary Studs, despite him revealing himself as a homosexual the year before. Chris Smith, newly elected to the UK Parliament, declares, My name is Chris Smith, I'm in the Labour MP for Islington South and Finsbury, and I'm gay. Making him the first openly out homosexual male politician in the UK Parliament. Maureen Colcorn being the first openly out homosexual politician in the UK in 1975. West Hollywood, California is founded and becomes the first known city to elect a city council where a majority of the members are openly gay or lesbian. Also within 1984, Reconstruction Judaism is the first Jewish denomination to allow openly gay and lesbian rabbis and cantors. Then to add a little bit of spice, on our backs, the first women-run erotica magazine and the first magazine to feature lesbian erotica for a lesbian audience in the United States was first published in 1984 by Debbie Sundow and Myra Lana with the contributors of Susie Bright, Nan Kinney, Honey Lee Cottrell, Dawn Lewis, Happy Hyder, T. Corrin, Jill Gomez, Judith Stein, Joanne Nestle, and Patrick Califia. In 1984, also, BIPOL sponsors the first bisexual rights rally outside the Democratic National Convention in San Francisco, the rally featuring nine speakers from civil rights groups allied for the bisexual movement. Okay, I take it back. That was less than what I was expecting. Now into 1985. In 1985, the first memorial to gay Holocaust victims is dedicated. Alongside this, in 1985, the Restoration Church of Jesus Christ, informally called the Gay Mormon Church, is founded by Antonio A. Felis, or Felice, however you say it. And what makes me really sad is that in 1985, Rock Hudson dies of AIDS. He's the first major public figure known to have died from an AIDS-related illness anyway. 
On a slightly more better note, Terry Sweeney becomes Saturday Night Live's first openly gay male cast member. Sweeney, however, was out prior to being hired as a cast member. In 1985, the Bisexual Resource Center, the BRC, in Massachusetts, has served the bisexual community since 1985 and taken it over to Across the Pond in the UK. Liverpudlian-based soap opera Brookside features the first openly gay character on a British TV series that year. Now into 1986, me realising these are getting quicker. In June of 1986, with the Bowers vs Hardwick case, US Supreme Court upholds Georgia law, forbidding oral or anal sex, ruling that the constitutional right to privacy does not extend to homosexuals, but it does not state whether the law could be enforced against heterosexuals. Basically saying that, you know, it's fine for anyone straight to have oral or anal sex, but for anyone who is, you know, not straight, you're stuffed. What the fuck? On a better note, however, Becky Smith and Annie Affleck become the first openly lesbian couple in America granted legal joint adoption of a child, which is cute. Alongside this, in the same year of 1986, the Dutch Remonstrants are the world's first Christian denomination to perform same-sex unions and marriages. On top of that, Hill Street Blues features the first lesbian recurring character on a major network, the character being a police officer called Kate McBride, played by Lindsay Krause, into 1987. In 1987, the AIDS Coalition to Unleash Power, aka ACT UP, is founded in the US in response to the US government's slow response in dealing with AIDS crisis. ACT UP stages its first major demonstration. 17 protesters are arrested, US Congressman Barney Frank comes out, and in New York City, a group of bisexual LGBTQ rights activists, including Brenda Howard, founded a New York area bisexual network, the NYABN. In 1987, the Homer Monument, a memorial to persecuted homosexuals, opens in Amsterdam. Alongside this, David Norris is the first openly gay person to be elected to a public office in the Republic of Ireland. A group of 75 bisexuals marched into the 1987 March on Washington for gay and lesbian rights, which was the first nationwide bisexual gathering. The article, The Bisexual Movement, Are We Visible Yet? by Lani Kanahumanu appeared in the official civil disobedience handbook for the march. It was the first article about bisexuals in the emerging bisexual movement to be published in a national lesbian or gay publication. Now we're in 88. Now it's just this, 89, and then I'm done. In 1988, Canadian MP Sven Robertson comes out. In 1988, after losing an Irish High Court case and an Irish Supreme Court case, David Norris takes his case to the European Court of Human Rights. The European Court strikes down the Irish law criminalising male-to-male sex on the grounds of privacy. In 1988, Stacey Ofner becomes the first openly lesbian rabbi hired by a mainstream Jewish congregation, Shir Tivag Congregation in Minneapolis. Alongside this, Robert Dover becomes the first openly gay Olympic athlete when he came out in 1988. Now into 89. In 1989, Rashdi vs. Stahl Associates Co. was a landmark case in which the New York court ruled that a gay couple that had lived together for a decade could be considered a family under New York City's rent control regulations. The decision in favour of ligatant Miguel Brashti said that protection against eviction should not result on fictitious legal distinctions or genetic history, but instead should find its own foundation in the reality of family life. And with that very nice quote, this is the end. To the people that were waiting last week for this episode to come out, I do apologise. This was just a very big episode and it's done, thank God. And due to the fact that I have taken a week off to record this episode, this episode should be up within this weekend, if not this Monday, and the next one should be up accordingly. And besides that, I think I'm done.
Thank you ever so much for listening and I hope to see you soon. Cheers. Bye.